but according to Kyle's criminal records, um, he had been arrested for domestic violence in 2016. And the charges were dismissed later when Shanna didn't appear in court because she went missing. Welcome back to Missing. I am Tim here today with Lance. Lance, how are you today? I am doing pretty well. How are you today, sir? I am doing great. In this episode, we get the chance to discuss the disappearance of Shanna Boato, and this is research that was done by a new researcher for private investigations for the missing. Her name is Mary Sarecki. And she did a wonderful job with this research. So thank you very much, Mary. Make sure to check out Investigations for the Missing at investigationsforthemissing.org. And some statistics for Shanna. She's been missing since June 22nd of 2016 from St. Cloud, Minnesota. She is a white female. She was born on June 24th of 1993, which would make her 28 years old. She was 22 at the time. Five foot, seven inches, about 135 pounds. And anyone with information on her disappearance is directed to call the Chippewa Falls Police Department at 7 7- one five seven two three four four two four and we're joined by our cohort jennifer amell in this conversation lance and uh, a little bit of news with private investigations for the missing we have a number a new tip line phone number We do. It's a great resource for anyone who's not comfortable contacting the police department. If you have information on a missing person, you can also call 866-331-6660. That is the tip line for private investigations for the missing. Or you can email piftmtips at gmail.com. And give us a five-star review while you get a chance this holiday season. We could really use it. If you listen to us, you know, it's a free product. Please give us a five-star review and a few words about the show would be helpful as well. Thanks a lot, everybody out there for listening. We appreciate it. That's a great point, Tim. It would be so nice to come down on Christmas morning. You see your tree. It's lit up underneath that tree are hundreds of beautifully wrapped gifts that Santa has left you, and you open them, and each one is a new five-star review. Wouldn't that be a wonderful holiday moment? I dare say it would be a magical holiday moment, Lance. And it would also make up for all of the wrong that Santa has possibly done in the new podcast series, Santa Maybe. Check out Santa Maybe, wherever you get your podcasts. And we'll be right back with Jennifer Amell and the story of Shanna Boiteau's disappearance after this quick word from our sponsor. Now on Netflix, inspired by the unbelievable true story of a fake hitman, comes the new movie, Hitman, from Academy Award nominee Richard Linklater. At 96% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, critics are calling Hitman a smart, sexy crime thriller with surprises at every turn. Starring Glenn Powell and Adria Arjona, Hitman. Now playing on Netflix and in select theaters. Rated R. Brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. 
carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Jennifer Amell, welcome back to Missing. How are you today? I'm doing very well. I'm glad to be here to talk about uh, this case today. It's a very interesting one and a very heartbreaking one. And the story that you're speaking of, Jen, is Shanna Boiteau. She's been missing since June 22nd of 2016 from St. Cloud, Minnesota. This is, of course, a missing person that came to us by way of private investigations for the missing, the fine organization, the nonprofit organization founded by Bruce Maitland. Uh, Jen, who was the researcher? It's a new researcher that just joined the team. She did some excellent work. Her name is Mary Sarecki, and she's very generously donated her time to look into these cases. Thanks a lot, Mary. We really appreciate it. You can learn more at investigationsforthemissing.org. And to continue on with the statistics for Shanna, she was born on June 24th, 1993, so... When she went missing, she was only two days away from her birthday. She would be 28 years old today, 22 when she went missing, five foot seven inches, about 135 pounds. She was last seen wearing a tan Victoria's Secret tank top with the word pink on it, black leggings, and no shoes. She is a Caucasian female, brown hair, brown eyes. Boato has a tattoo of two sparrows on her hips and a tattoo of the name Millie behind her right ear. Her lip and navel are pierced, and she has gauged piercings in her ears. So Shanna's mom, um, her name is Angie Stark. She said that Shanna really loved basketball when she was a kid. She also really enjoyed helping people. That made her very happy, and that was one of the reasons why she worked at a care facility. Both of Shanna's parents are divorced, but they remain on good terms. And she has two younger sisters, and their names are Autumn and Dakota. And while Shanna was still in high school, her family first started to suspect she was taking drugs when she came home from school acting disoriented and sick. And Shanna had spent most of her senior year in the Chippewa Falls, Wisconsin jail. She was able to graduate because the school's principal would go back and forth with homework, saying that things are hard enough for her and he wanted her to have a high school diploma. Well, that is really generous of the high school principal to be that focused on her education and making sure that she had a high school diploma, regardless of any criminal activity that she might have gotten herself involved in. Chippewa Falls is just about 14,000 people, I believe. Uh, it ranges between 13,000 and 14,000 people. So not not exactly a tiny town, not exactly a town where you'd be, you know, so focused on somebody. So I guess I commend that principle for being so focused and making sure that she had an opportunity to make something better out of herself. Yeah. And I think it maybe says something about Shanna too. Like she was worth um, saving in a way. Um, He didn't want her particularly to slip through the cracks. Um, I imagine maybe he wouldn't go out of his way for every student, but perhaps he saw something in Shanna that made him want to help her. And Shanna had been in trouble with local law enforcement on drug charges and had been to rehab facilities twice before she found out she was pregnant in 2014. And Angie said she thinks Shanna being locked up for four months during her pregnancy not only saved Shanna's life, but also her unborn baby's life. 
So by 2016, Shanna and the baby's father, Stephen Martin, had split up, but they did share custody of the baby, Millie. Shanna and her new boyfriend, Kyle Furstenau, moved into their own apartment in Chippewa Falls. That's when Shanna bought a car and she was working the night shift at the local care facility, which was called the Easy View Group Home. And according to Shanna's friend, Angel Geisler, she had some interesting things to say about this new boyfriend, Kyle. She said he had become abusive after they moved in together. And according to Kyle's record in the state of Wisconsin, um, Angel said that Shanna had called her on at least two occasions. On one, Angel drove over to their apartment and could hear from the outside that Kyle was threatening Shanna. Not sure what this fight fight was about, but... Angel claimed to have seen Kyle on top of Shanna beating her up. And then there was a second instance of abuse um, when Shanna called Angel, who was out of town at the time. But I think Angel did call the Chippewa Falls police because I guess Shanna claimed that she was being abused or was currently in a fight and feared for her safety. But according to Kyle's criminal records, um, he had been arrested for domestic violence in 2016. And the charges were dismissed later when Shanna didn't appear in court because she went missing. And by June of 2016, Shanna was participating in Chippewa Falls Drug Court, where she would have to prove that she was living sober in exchange for being on probation and not serving jail time for her past drug offenses. So this is a month, June of 2016, that is the last time that anyone has seen her. So she goes missing after that and fails to appear in court the next month, right? Yeah, um, but part of Shanna's probation conditions were that she was not allowed to drink alcohol. And during the weekend of Father's Day in 2016, which was Friday, June the 17th, or potentially Saturday the 18th, we don't really have any clarity there, the Chippewa Falls police went to her apartment and issued a breathalyzer, which she failed. But it wasn't by a very large amount, so the police actually didn't take her into the station. I think they maybe let her go on that one. And so the next day on Sunday, June 19th, 2016, Angel said that Shanna called her extremely upset over failing the breathalyzer. And she wasn't sure if she was going to have to go back to jail and asked Angel if she could come and live with her. Angel didn't hear from Shanna again after that, but she's unclear if this call was made before or after Shanna went to visit her dad. But She did go visit her dad on Sunday, June the 19th, and his name is Bud Boiteau, and she went there to have dinner with him and celebrate Father's Day, and Bud said that Shanna seemed fine and didn't think that there was anything particularly wrong. I mean, we know that Shanna placed this very emotional call to her friend, but maybe she was trying to keep it together in front of her dad and didn't want to say that she had failed this breathalyzer. And on Monday, June 20th, Angie had texted Shanna asking her how her weekend was, and Shanna told her mom that it wasn't good, and she would tell her about it later. And this was the last time that Angie heard from Shanna. Autumn also says that she spoke to Shanna that day and made 4th of July plans, and Shanna worked her night shift job Monday night through Tuesday morning, June 21st. And on that Tuesday morning, the 21st, the couple, they leave town with an individual named Amy McNamara, Amy is a co-worker of Shanna's and also a known drug user. Millie, however, 
was staying with her grandmother, Stephen's mom, who was babysitting while Shanna worked Monday night. So when Shanna didn't come to pick up Millie at 10 a.m. and Stephen's mom couldn't reach her, she called Bud, Shanna's father, to ask if he knew where she was. However, Bud was out of town, so she asked a cousin to check in on Shanna, thinking she had just overslept. I think it's worth restating that when Shanna spoke to her sister, Autumn, she made plans for the 4th of July. I think that's really important to note in missing persons cases. If they are making future plans, then that speaks to their intent to stay around and not go on any trips. Um, And that was just a few weeks ahead, right? 4th of July. Yeah, it's a really good point. And uh, the couple did leave town. And by couple, I mean, Kyle and Shanna, they did leave town with a friend, a coworker named Amy McNamara, who was also a known drug user, unfortunately. Millie was still with her grandmother, which is Stephen's mom, who was babysitting her while Shanna worked Monday night. And when Shanna didn't come to pick Millie up at 10 a.m., Stephen's mom couldn't reach her. So she called Shanna's father, Bud, to ask if he knew where she was. However, Bud was out of town, so he asked a cousin to check on her, thinking she had just overslept. However, Bud's cousin reported to him that Shanna's car was gone, along with all of her clothes and personal items. And the cousin further told Bud about the note that Shanna left, stating that she, quote, f***ed up and needed to go away for a while, and that Millie deserves the best, that she was going somewhere, and she would be back. And she didn't say where or when, um, and Bud had cut his business trip short and went to Shanna's to see for himself. Bud said she left her cell phone at her apartment with the note, and Shanna was aware that she could be tracked by bringing her phone with her, so that is one reason why she did not bring it with her, apparently. And there was no mention of Shanna having another phone. Yeah. uh, According to the family, they thought that she had potentially gone to California. She had talked about moving to California before, and they thought that was like a viable place that she might have traveled during this alluded to trip in the note. So they said that Shanna always wanted to go see in the ocean. And she actually happened to have an ex-boyfriend who lived in California. And there was a little bit of a of confusion about the paternity of Millie. And I think her ex-boyfriend, Sage Geddes, uh, was tested for paternity of Millie. But it happened to be Stephen, who was the father. But he was living in California at this time. And Angie has since spoken with Sage, correct? And he has uh, confirmed, at least to them, that he has not heard from Shanna? Yeah, and I think at this time, um, Shanna's dad, Bud, and her friend Angie both said that they were more frustrated than worried about Shanna. They figured she left to avoid facing the consequences of her failed breathalyzer, which they had apparently just found out about. So Kyle and Shanna stayed overnight in Menominee, Wisconsin on Tuesday, June 21st in a hotel. There is no explanation known for why they stayed the night there. And Angie says that she knew Shanna had stayed the night in Menominee when she had gotten drugs in the past. Shanna was familiar with this town, Menominee? Yeah, apparently this was a place that Shanna had gone to before. I don't know if it was to this particular hotel or the town of Menominee um, to potentially buy drugs or use drugs with somebody. And Menominee is located about 32 minutes away from Chippewa Falls. 
So on Wednesday morning, June 22nd, Kyle and Shanna are seen in Rogers, Minnesota at approximately 10.30 a.m. at a travel center using an ATM to withdraw $500 in cash. Shanna had already cashed her approximately $600 paycheck, so now they have about $1,100 in cash that they are going to uh, travel with, apparently. Yes, I mean... What are some potential reasons that you would take out that much cash if you're going on a long trip or if you wanted to use cash and not have any trace about where you're going or you're going to buy a large amount of drugs? Yeah, for sure. And if you're accessing cash from an ATM, that means you have a debit card, which means why aren't you using your debit card to do things like get a hotel room or uh, purchase food or fuel on your travels? So having that cash in hand is definitely something I think would raise the antenna for most people. Yeah. So it seems like they have $1,100 with them at this point, but I think it's possible that they just have the 500 and that the money came from the paycheck, but I guess I I can't be sure. Yeah. I mean, the, the point still stands though. Like why would you need that much? cash. Either you're traveling somewhere you don't want to be tracked or you're buying something illegal. That's a great point. So the two scenarios are that you have $1,100 in cash or you've deposited your $600 paycheck, taken out $500. So you left your bank account with just $100 still in it, keeping it active. So I think either one of those is pretty telling to to Shana's story. Yeah. I want to amend my last statement because there are plenty of things you would pay cash for that aren't illegal only drugs only Only drugs drugs. of course he would but i think uh knowing shanna's background that could potentially mean that she was buying drugs with that cash and we'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors we took it all we brought them to our land an endless night ember hot and icy cold The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Have you made the switch to NYX? Millions of women have made the switch to the revolutionary period underwear from NYX. That's K-N-I-X. Period panties from NYX are like no other, making them the number one leak-proof underwear brand in North America. They're comfy, stylish, and absorbent, perfect for period protection from your lightest to your heaviest days. They look, feel, and machine wash just like regular underwear, but feature incognito protection that has you covered. You can shop sizes from extra small to 4XL. Choose from all kinds of colors, prints, and different styles, from bikinis to boy shorts, thongs to high-rise. You've got to try NYX. See why millions are ditching disposable, wasteful period products and have switched to NYX. Go to knix.com and get 15% off with promo code TRY15. That's nyx.com promo code TRY15 for 15% off life-changing period underwear. That's knix.com. Thanks to our sponsors, and now we're back to the program. And so Kyle calls Bud around 3 p.m. from St. Cloud, Minnesota, saying Shanna was acting crazy and ran out of the car, and he couldn't find her. And so that's approximately a 45-minute drive from Rogers, Minnesota, to St. Cloud, Minnesota. 
and it was approximately four and a half hours since they were seen at the Rogers, Minnesota Travel Center. So what took four hours? Yeah, I mean, potentially what they were using that cash for. I mean, maybe they met somebody to buy drugs from um, and the, and used. I mean, if she, if Shanna's acting, if Kyle's story is to be believed and Shanna was acting crazy, maybe they had just gotten high and she had like a really bad trip. So Bud drives to where Kyle is and finds Kyle there and Kyle collapses into Bud's arms. This is what Kyle said to the county police on the day of the disappearance, as told by Angie, who overheard the conversation at the police station. He and Shanna left Tuesday with the friend Anna McNamara, the one that she worked with, the one that was rumored to also be a drug user. They then dropped Amy off in Eau Claire at a house where she was going to get drugs. It's unclear what time they left or dropped her off. So Eau Claire is like 20 minutes south of Chippewa Falls. And then 30 minutes to the west is Menominee. And Shanna was using and acting crazy and paranoid. And they were driving on I-94 and apparently a police car passed them. Shanna got upset and accused Kyle of setting her up for an ambush. Yeah, it's clear Shanna is going through a bit of paranoia right now. And this really tells me that she was high at the time and um, potentially not seeing the situation as it really was. Now, while that's clear, it's unclear why Kyle pulled the car over. Uh, This is where he says Shanna runs from the car. She's wearing her leggings, the tank top, and flip-flops and carrying her purse. She ran into a wooded area by where they had stopped. She comes out after some time, but no longer has her shoes or her purse. She gets back in the car, and Kyle decides to get off the interstate and continue driving on, quote, back roads. I'm assuming to look for the purse and flip-flops. Either that or to avoid, you know, any state troopers that might be on the highway because she was acting pretty paranoid about that. And a little while later, they're arguing, and Kyle stops the car on County Road 74 near I-94. And Kyle and Shanna are outside of the car arguing on the side of the road, and Shanna runs out again with no shoes, taking nothing with her. And this is the very last sighting of her. Yeah. So this is strange. He stops the car for the first time. She gets out with all of her things, runs into the woods, comes back without her purse and her shoes. They get in the car again, go onto a back road. They argue again. He stops the car and Shanna runs out without any shoes on and like into the woods and is never seen again. That's um, it's quite a story. And Kyle says that he went looking for her, but obviously he didn't find her. So he called Bud to tell him that he can't find Shanna. And after talking with Bud, he calls 911 and the Stearns County police arrive at the scene. But it's not known what action the police take at that time. Apparently, there was no official or significant search that happened right then and there. So according to Angie, later when police talked to a nearby neighbor, she said that she saw a woman run off. And Angie was at the woman's house and says there's absolutely no way she could have seen anyone running to where Kyle says Shanna ran to. And Angie thinks it was a neighbor just saying she saw something to get information from police. Maybe as a nosy neighbor kind of thing. Angie tells us that she knows that the police went to talk to a nearby neighbor um, who said she saw someone could have been Shanna who ran off. And then apparently Angie, who is Shanna's mother, went to this woman's house, this neighbor's house. 
she says there's absolutely no way that this woman could have seen anyone running where Kyle says that Shanna ran off to. So like, I guess from the vantage point of the, of where the neighbor said she was standing, like couldn't see the actual uh, place where Kyle said they stopped. So, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. It confirms Kyle's story that Shanna ran off into the woods, but uh, Shanna's mom is saying that that isn't likely. And the neighbor might just be nosy and trying to get information from police uh, sort of accidentally confirming um, Kyle's story, I guess. Or she never saw somebody. Right. Well, that yeah, that's that's a possibility. She just said, oh, yeah, I saw him. You know, if, if she had heard that's what the report is, did you see anything? She said, yeah, I saw that. And right. trying to learn a little bit more. I mean, I think that's definitely a possibility, but I don't know. Another possibility is that Kyle is actually mistaken where he stopped the car and let Shanna off. This part kind of reminds me of Calvin Johnny Hunt's case where uh, where the person ran from the, the car and there was a drug element. And um, in, in that story, it was kind of hard to believe um, the story of the girlfriend who was uh, driving that car. I'm not sure it's the obviously a different case here, di- different circumstances with Kyle. But um, it does strike me as, as weird um, just sort of running off. Yeah, twice. I mean, that's. That's an interesting element to add that he stopped. She ran off once, came back, and then ran off again. Like, it seems like a bizarre story to make up, too. It seems like there could have been something going on inside the car. Perhaps she was maybe physically attacking him or maybe grabbing onto the wheel or something. Maybe her paranoia was causing her to act out in such a way where he had to stop the car or else they would have gotten into an accident or something. Because yeah, you're right. If she had run out once before, why are you stopping the car again to get out with her to argue with her when, when she has no shoes on? It just, maybe she's threatening to, to hop out. You know, that's another scenario. Maybe she's opening up her door while he's driving and you know, he's got no choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And let's keep in mind that Kyle is not an innocent party here either. I mean, he has a history of abusing Shanna. He's been seen by her friend actually standing over her and beating her. So if they were in an argument and Kyle got very angry, there's no telling what he might do in that angry, like stop to, to hit her or, you know, to silence her in some way. And that's when Shanna takes off because she knows, like even on drugs, um, she knows that she is unsafe in that situation and has to run away from Kyle. So that could be a situation too. And there were two family searches done after Shanna's disappearance. And uh, they had to get permission from 12 different landowners of the property in the area. And nothing has ever been found that suggested that Shanna was even there. Angie says that after searching where Shanna ran into the woods, they had to throw their clothes out. They were so badly packed with burrs, prickers, and other things from the dense wooded area. She also said she can't imagine why there would be no blood found if Shanna ran off barefoot through those conditions. And there are a couple of places they could not search because it was too marshy and wet. So as far as other sightings are concerned, there have been a few calls, but nothing turned out to be anything legitimate. So the last known sighting is the one, according to Kyle, where she ran out of the car the second time on that day, June 22nd of 2016. Yeah. Fast forward to April the 8th of 2021. Angie, Shanna's mom, posted this rather strange thing on Facebook saying that Shanna knew this man who was arrested for sex and drug trafficking. Angie's post reads, 
I may be wrong, but I feel deep down in the pit of my soul that this guy knows where my daughter Shanna Boiteau is. And the person she is referred referring to is a man called Mark Scoville. Um, he was arrested alongside a woman named Catherine Ottinger. Uh, Scoville has 32 charges pending by the Eau Claire County Sheriff's deputies um, with the help of the Chippewa County Sheriff's Office. And their arrests uh, culminate a three-year investigation into this drug and sex trafficking operation. There's still some open cases pending for Mark Scoville, but I think he has been convicted of a few trafficking charges. Um, But back in 2013, Shanna had been arrested for selling drugs in March in Eau Claire. So there is a chance that um, their paths would have crossed To be clear, though, we're not saying that these two individuals did have anything to do with it. I think what this does represent, whether or not it's true, is Angie's sort of desperation in finding answers for her daughter. And despite all of the issues that were going on at the time with the family and and with Shanna, it doesn't change the fact that the family loves her unconditionally and really wants her to come home in some way, if she's not alive, they would love the opportunity to properly lay her to rest. And if you have any information on Shanna's disappearance, please contact Drew Zem at Chippewa Falls PD. It's 715-720-4194. Additionally, you can email this investigator at dzehm at chippewafalls-wi.gov. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.